Hello, everybody. It's a new day here on The Gods Will Not Save You, The Wire Revisited. I'm Willie. Hi, my name's Jakob, and this is a podcast where we do a deep read into each and every episode of the hit HBO show, The Wire. That's right. Uh, just real quick off the top, I know Jakob is probably sick to death of me talking about it, but... Uh, no, no. We tried uh, donating all of our money to Making Kids Win, which was a nonprofit organization that Michael K. Williams, rest in peace, was involved with. But we had some trouble in uh, doing that with that specific organization. So instead, we gave all our money to We Build the Block, a really noble other nonprofit organization that he was involved with. Uh, which had similar great causes. So again, anchor.fm slash the gods will not save you slash support. That money's going to be going uh, to his nonprofit in, you know, honor of his memory. Or you could just donate directly to that organization at webuildtheblock.org. Thanks, Willie. And no, I'm not sick of hearing about it. It's great. I appreciate you taking the lead in this i have a lot of room to grow on being a bigger uh, you know advocate for our project because look at what it's leading to now you know we're actually uh doing things like making donations to great uh, causes yeah there we go there you go uh so now that we got that out of the way let's get right into the episode season four episode 11 a new day and we start off with the boys of Naaman's treating his boys of summer to some Chinese food. Yeah, they're in winter having some hot food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boys of winter. <laughs> uh, and like uh, Willie alerted me to some really great commentary for this uh, this episode. The if, best commentary yeah. yet in the yeah, show. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out, Please do so. I know maybe not everyone is a, you know, I have to watch it twice each time there's commentary or I'm going to die a slow, painful death, like what <laughs> Willie says about himself, which is utterly, well, it's not ridiculous. If you know him, it makes complete sense. But some really great stuff we're probably going to be uh, talking about um, yeah. as far as the commentary goes. But yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're making fun of Dookie as Julito uh talked about in the commentary like i'm bullying dookie for the thousandth time because he's making some questionable uh food choices i mean yeah so what is the thing with the turkey grease like they're making fun of him for getting something with turkey grease uh they are it's because like Halitos, i mean damn it <laughs> it's because naaman says you know you're like one of those at-risk kids and then Mike, who's being pretty nice, explains that, like, okay, I get it, like, people in your family get it, but it's because alcoholics need it to, like, purge the liquor to start over again or something. And that turkey grease is a good, uh, it's like thing. a, yeah, it's like a elixir for junkies and like drunks and winos, maybe. Okay. To, uh, like, yeah. So, you I mean, something. we don't have a reference point to that either. Thankfully, we're not at that point yet in our life or in this project but i don't know how much longer i can take and if we don't finish this soon i'm gonna have to get on the turkey grease to 
<laughs> Not going on a bender. Sober September. Trey Cheney lifestyle, baby. <laughs> Woo! Nice. 23 yeah. days, baby. Everybody follow Trey Cheney on Twitter for some really consistently inspiring messages that he's always putting out there. If Indeed. You know, if you know, you know. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they're all uh, eating. They're all getting their grub on on this uh, staircase. And Officer Walker walks by and kind of like verbally assaults them. Uh. He's like giving further uh, legitimacy to uh, our discussion that made me really nervous and sweaty about like how David Simon, you know, put out this idea that I feel uncomfortable even saying. I mean, it's fine. And look. It's usually probably like 80 or more degrees in any room that we've been recording this in, regardless of the time of year. It's just so hot. So there's other reasons we were sweating, you know, not just because we're talking about possibly like controversial stuff. But yeah, I mean, you have here in all caps, he was very uncomfortable, but let me type this in 14 all caps, red, bright red font. He, Walker calls them black asses. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, reiterating or uh, driving home the point of like, oh, you know, just because you're young black kids and I'm black officer doesn't mean yeah. you know, I won't like shout racial slurs yeah. at you and break your fingers. Yeah. And like <laughs> perpetuate like cycles of violence and stuff. Yeah. It's all about class, man. Classism. Of- Police yeah. brutality. That's like the driving force behind it. Look at, I mean, he's Just got the nice JK. watch and he's got, oh, Willie said what? I said JK <laughs> because <laughs> that's where we distanced ourselves from David Simon in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're like kind of roasting on it. But hey, I mean, look, yeah, it's a bunch of like hoppers eating cheap food, which we learned is pretty dry based on the, uh, we learned that they had to keep eating the same uh, meals <laughs> over and over again and that they were some of the driest noodles one of them ever had. But, you know, he's got his dry cleaning. You know, he's getting fresh, getting ready to go clubbing. Yeah. At the Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, at the Thunderbird. <laughs> Where the Western police go on Stockton, as Mike says, which, okay. That's on the west side, makes sense, western district. But Club Thunderbird is in East Baltimore and the 2200 block of East Chase. So had to do a little little research on that, Willie. Yeah. And we found some pretty funny stuff. Yeah, please. Okay. All right. So, you know, like I've been missing some simulation stuff lately. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it makes complete sense that walker is partying at club thunderbird because one of the partial owners for at least the 70s into the mid 80s was a guy named jesse stevenson he was a supervisor on a midnight shift of custodians in the county and apparently he would just hang out at club thunderbird as opposed to you know, performing his, his employer employment duties. And I guess there were cops there. So I don't know if it was like an exact cop bar, like the spot that, you know, they make it out to be in the show because all the little like news clippings I find is like related to holdups there. Not like many, like two or three. So I'm like, okay, if it's a cop bar, why are they always getting 
<laughs> robbed or like is everyone it's after hours maybe anyways i just found it funny like that someone like a scumbag like walker would party at the uh the slumlord's tavern yeah. because uh stevenson eventually had to resign from his job because he obviously wasn't doing it and maybe for him you could say uh you know on the midnight uh custodial shift uh he was rarely sober since he was partying <laughs> at club thunderbird his yeah. bar but <laughs> there okay so i know i might like bombard with the news clipping sometime willie but no it's okay um there was something really funny on the page when i was looking up the uh thunderbird stuff and it was a story <laughs> do you want to talk about that one yeah please. I, I, was I like, don't remember exactly yeah so if you can uh... this was from like 19 it was from the same time frame as one of these robberies at club thunderbird it was like in the 70s like 74 or something there's this story from um the uh baltimore sun where basically a kid who got arrested for like an assault robbery charge who was at the Western District uh, precinct uh, pretended to be sick or have like abdominal cramps. And then when the arresting officer walked over to like check him out, he just like used that as a like a, you know, ambush tactic to to push him over or like maybe headbutt him. And the cop was uh, Edward Burns, a patrolman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the kid event like escaped. They're just like, oh, he got away with the $5 pair of handcuffs. <laughs> I guess he, like he was like they were in front of him so he could run easier. But I don't know. <laughs> it's just so random. Like, yeah, huh. I wonder what his reaction would be. Just like Argh. sometimes, you know, it pays off for us when we get mired in the minutia. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Woo. this time we won't confuse, confuse you in, in our milieu. milieu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, See? so I could just like he'd probably be like, uh, whatever. I'll find him. <laughs> like the war on drugs is a flawed thing yeah. anyway. What is it? I'm just gonna be, he's gonna be another statistic in the numbers game. <laughs> but Michael pulls a gun on uh Officer Walker. Well Dookie uh keys his car, they <laughs> pour paint runs. on him, and uh Michael uh, Michael steals the ring off of his finger, continuing yeah. its a uh, little crazy roundabout journey. It's like uh, this is uh, Michael. Can we say that Michael officially breaks bad in this episode? <laughs> yeah, this is the Breaking Bad, everyone. Yeah, um, Dookie looks like a Harry Potter goblin and an Erica Badu head, <laughs> according to the commentary. <laughs> yeah, really great commentary. If you guys have a chance to listen to it really uh <laughs> highlights the crazy incredible chemistry they must have like had while filming it and robert chu is just kind of like yeah. overseeing them dropping little nuggets of wisdom here and there yeah. like oh did you know clark peters wrote a musical at one point yeah. like, <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace robert chu man yeah. what a great guy i know i and i wanted this is a great opportunity for me to say this that when i was talking about you know the tragic passing of michael k williams and how it's crazy to watch you know an episode so like soon after and i was saying how like oh i never thought you know this would happen but obviously you know there are actors who play prominent roles like robert chu and reggie kathy um who have passed away so yeah. 
I'm sure I'm missing others, but I mean, it was like very specific to, this you know, someone like him, you know, but yeah, I think we've said it enough, like rest in peace to yeah. Robert Chu. He's great. But yeah, Michael, uh, Michael pretty much asserts that he's going to be really hard from this point on and he's not going to back down and be a little bitch about stuff. Um, you know, he's taken a page out of, uh, Kennard's notebook. I mean, Kennard roasts Michael's own mom when yeah. Naaman gives her a free handout of heroin. She a fucking dope fiend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Super nice uh, person, apparently, to yeah. Lisa Dingwall. So, and also, uh, like, savant when it comes to memorizing his yeah. lines. <laughs> oh, man, that kid's awesome. It seems like now that the word has been put out that Randy's a snitch, like, everybody in town knows it somehow like does marlo are his like tendrils that long like is his like reach of power that long that like a bunch of kids at a middle school like have caught word that uh randy is like talking to the police like you know uh the podcast uh rewired when they originally uh reached out to us they're like we want to talk about the um similarities between the wire and john wick and they do share chris collins was a staff writer on this show and i think he also wrote the last john wick movie and that shared like some kind of similar things where it's like everybody in the world is an assassin who knows of like john wick's misdeeds and they're coming after him so it's like maybe similar themes of like you know never trust anybody or, I don't know. even if it's like uh what the cast were making fun of like a five-year-old baby like randy's a snitch <laughs> <laughs> like we don't want to buy co- chocolate from you man but uh, yeah just i mean he does get beaten down but how does he not get walked into a vacant in this episode <laughs> like, i know right i've always well, wondered like oh man i mean okay yeah it's terrible obviously what happens and you know the plot needs that aspect. Yeah. Like you couldn't just disappear, but I mean, in like times of social media, like imagine how it would have been for him. Granted, like how we just discussed how the news spreads like wildfire and right. Or maybe it just lends to like the whole conversation. Baltimore is not that big of a place, but I mean, to me it seems pretty big, but I guess their area of West side, you know, Baltimore in this episode and season. Very tight knit community of uh, snitch haters. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel for you, Randy, man. Yeah. People definitely. call me a snitch, you know? Yeah. Entertainment weekly said that he should have won an Emmy for this role. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was letting them know. All right, Randy, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Maestro hero. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. it's, it's like, yeah, like, uh, these kids like Dookie already knows about the whole like vacant uh scheme or whatever and they're just like yeah letting Prez know pretty like uh explicitly what's going on with all of it. Like how does maybe like isn't Dookie gonna get caught up in this too or somewhat somehow? <laughs> yeah, like the is it was the door not open at that certain point and Mike's there who's now I mean Yeah, he's like yeah kind of like already in Chris and Snoop's inner circle. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's Chris's pup, yet his friends, you know, who he's still very loyal to, are just openly discussing to someone who, you know, 
an, a white guy who just showed up this year who was a cop. <laughs> right. Like, hey, man, this is the entire plot, but no, Prez stands tall. Like, is Prez like a cab by this point? <laughs> he's like, he's the places he never wanted to show his face again. The Western District, he's just pulling up, like, God damn it, like, you fuck guys, you, Carver. Yeah. I trusted you. Her, God damn it. Like, he's seeing the light, you know, <laughs> just like he won't even. He's like telling Miss Anna to lawyer up for Randy and just like, mm-hmm. like the only way to speak to the police is to like never talk to them. He's like going to yeah. be one of those lawyers that you see that, that gives you like 1-800-NO-COPS. Yeah. And just like the only way like to be safe is you never speak to the police. And yeah, it's, it's like crazy. When it's, you know, he's come a long way from half blinding. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You want to just finish out the whole Tillman stuff a little bit. Kind of an ironic situation for Naimond and Dookie because they're both receiving word like, Okay, Dookie, you're going to go into the ninth grade, like social promotion. You're going to high school. Name in, like, you're you're doing good enough in this corner, special corner kids class that you could go back to Gen Pop. And they're both, like, pretty uh, disappointed at the prospect of being, um, of thriving in those uh, respective little bubbles. You know, they're big fishes in small ponds, and they're pretty uh, terrified of being fed to the wolves, basically, which is really, you know quite a sad thing when you think about it yes i suppose <laughs> it's like oh well he's going film noir on me <laughs> yeah yeah i mean they're all like kind of enjoying their ride at a place that looks pretty like daunting you know yeah. even parenti's like man i was like crushing it here yeah i keep disrespecting the people that you know are now pulling the plug but uh, it was fun, you know? Yeah. But anyways, that's we could talk about that after. But yeah, I mean, so what else? Uh, uh, well, do you want to... I, You pulled up another little brilliant little nugget uh, about Tillman, some etymology of I, that name. Have I talked about this? I, I don't remember, but... Yeah, I just say it okay, again. Okay, so yeah, I mean, the... You know, Edward Tillman's a fictitious middle school, and I think quite a long time ago... I was positing that, oh, there's this place called Tench Tillman on the east side. Uh, must be that, or it could be that. But it's really some, like, Baltimore public charter Montessori, or, like, it was a vacant um, school at the time of filming uh, over on Guilford, like, more centrally located, like, heading east, though. And I've heard, I've, I've, I've read some things, you know, just kind of searching around whatever, I even, or maybe this was just online where someone who was like an op-ed writer for The Sun, he wrote about this like season four and his wife is like a school teacher and and this dude wrote about how, oh yeah, I think that it's called uh, Tillman because there's this guy named Milton Tillman who was like this big, uh, you know, figure in the city and involved in all sorts of things. And I think we've talked about him pretty extensively, like he would fake his uh, employment at the docks as a stevedore, like pay some dude to just carry his union card there. <laughs> and he might've owned like uh, the, uh, like 
uh, Odell's or something, like the big nightclub. He just was entrenched and say, I'm like, what is this guy talking about? It's not even spelled the same. That's like T I like L L M A N or something. And this is like T I, you know, L G H. And it's obviously after Edward Tillman, who was a obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's spelled the same way as him. He was a uh, police commissioner in the late eighties and then died of cancer. And based on the timeline of, you know, his work in the Baltimore city police department, where he was a Western district commander at one point, um, he was probably either a colleague of Ed Burns or maybe his boss or something. So my whole thing is there's a mural in the, lunchroom in the cafeteria where randy's like hustling and he walks by it in this episode if you look like it's really like a second i'm like what and it has the exact you know his like date of you know birth and and death on the on the wall so i'm thinking did did they invest so heavily in naming this tillman that they like had a mural done to <laughs> to, to memorialize him or was this mural already painted when the Montessori like charter school existed prior to filming. And then Ed Burns song was like, Oh, Edward Tillman. All right. We're going to name it that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Some, pers- uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you should seek help for all this. <laughs> yes. Seek help. Seek help. Okay. I shouldn't check, but yeah. Come yeah. on. I'm waiting for you. AO despair. Tell me, man, make, make, make this worthwhile, please. Call him a scrote. <laughs> Seek help. Simulation. Simulation. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Albert's mom is dead and his oh. grandma just t- told him to go to school. Uh, some really heartbreaking stuff here from Jason Wharton, who plays Albert. Um, you know, it's pretty crazy he's been kind of like a chaotic comedic relief up until this point he's always you know giving these little like not that much unlike canard where it's just like there's something about like a little boy like swearing at somebody that'll always be really funny to me (laughs) but terrifying but (laughs) terrifying but funny but you know what's also terrifying is the uh prospect of this you know helpless little kid finding his mom sitting dead on a couch before he has to go to school like give peek gives you a little peek behind the curtain of like this kid's psyche and his insecurities and maybe why he's always like fronting that he's really tough you know yeah um sorry i like no yeah thanks for mentioning that it's a really tough tough scene and his castmates were really uh showing love which was pretty cool to hear in the commentary i know we said check it out and that should be the end of it but you know all these are like local baltimore actors do we want to go to i mean we talked a little bit about uh you know, Prez uh, admonishing the cops. Do we want to just circle back to the, some of the cop stuff? <laughs> oh my God. It's him again. It's not real Frank Reed this episode. <laughs> I thought for a second, I'm like, is he supposed to be like 
the guy <laughs> is he Frank Green again? No, yeah. What the in, hell? In the like uh after the cold opening when uh like uh the reverends are meeting with Carcetti and they're like, You gotta get your boy Herc, like you gotta fucking get him in line. Felix Stevenson is playing Frank Reed, you know, riding Carcetti's ass, even though Frank Reed has shown up as himself previously in the show so well you know aiden gillen's like ice cold so he doesn't care he's like i don't care if you're frank reed or felix stevenson like you're not getting the civilian review board i'm carcetti yeah like great acting but yeah. he's keeping an open door you know and they're yeah. appreciative of that yeah they're appreciative of being bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wonder how appreciative of the of uh, him they are if they were to find out that he was just going to like different <laughs> uh, departments and being like hey there's there's fire hydrant go fix those fire hydrants uh, there's an abandoned car like yeah. what are you doing <laughs> just like go like uh, acting like an abusive dad or something where he's just like there's something wrong you gotta fix it yeah. I'm not gonna tell you what it is but uh, if you yeah. don't get to it and like even in the um is it like a budget review meeting or something where they're talking about like, oh yeah, we went to these schools and fixed these problems, the playgrounds, we fixed that. Um, and you know, we got these cars off the street and then the other guy's like, yeah, we fixed these fire hydrants. He's like, now that's what I want to hear. Yeah. And the guy is like looking around, like he's like a proud kid or something yeah. like, like he's like smirking to like all these other people like hmm, dad likes me like i did good yeah he's like there's there's rusty equipment over there and i want bark in the park bark in the park it's <laughs> <laughs> like carcetti's <laughs> bar on the floor moment. it's from succession yeah I yeah <laughs> but a uh, quick little side note so when he's going to the um automobile repair department or whatever (laughs) but they they show a cop car like getting towed in that's like all fucked up is that officer walker's car from the last episode (laughs) that's where it's just like it's the reinforces the whole like circular everything's connected theme probably i mean think about it I'm, i'm thinking about it man yeah I love that too. It's like, there's one abandoned car, like no geo. It's like, man, I'd be like, oh, this is like a scavenger hunt, man. I'm going to go. I'm applying right now to the public works department in Baltimore. Like living my dream, man. You would love Carcetti. (laughs) Shut up, man. He's a fucking. (laughs) You're just a fucking reactionary Neo. (laughs) Help. I'm in hell. Where's your class consciousness, Jakob? It's gone. (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it's, in all seriousness yeah herc is is basically like everybody hates him now the reverends are bringing up uh how he's a he- he's a headache for carcetti prez as we said brings this problem to carver and then carver takes it to bunk and bunk and Lester are kind of like, what the fuck did he do? He fucked with my murder, and we gotta, we gotta, you know, ride his ass for keeping this shit from me. So people are kind of like starting to finally figure out how dangerous he really is, which finally leads Bunk and Lester to investigating the playground behind Fulton. Yeah. And, and Monroe. Yeah. And Lester 
Oh, he's such a wise man. He figured out that the vacants are a tomb uh, and like totally impressing bunk, even though like a bunch of middle schoolers like already yeah. knew all about this. Yeah, no, he's a great, he's a great cop though. Great uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's like, all right, we're going to make this as dramatic as possible, even though your BFF Prez is just like secretly told, you know, like in between them leaving, Prez was all like, hey, Lester, they're, they're in the houses. They're in the bacon. <laughs> like, don't tell Bunk, though. <laughs> yeah, he probably did do that. <laughs> and then he's making it all dramatic, like, oh, yeah, hmm, I wrote a. I wrote a play about five mo's, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So yeah. where where are we, man? Because sorry, I just I lumped every I lumped, you're just like, and then uh, Lester figures it out. <laughs> I'm like, didn't shit happen? Like, uh, okay, did we talk about? There's some stuff uh, that happens before that. Sorry, like Lester gets promoted to basically be the head of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. and he. Uh, He's like going through the subpoenas while Carcetti's like schmoozing at Ella Thompson's uh you know, fun the Ella yeah. Thompson fun like fundraiser thing, and it's just like a smooth like greasy like yeah turkey grease everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like why why are, are you they... gonna do that to Ella? Man? I know why are they doing that to Miss Ella? <laughs> yeah, Miss um, Ella, Miss Ella, sorry. Yeah, but, rest uh, in peace. Yeah, uh, Lester Freeman is going through all of those subpoenas that Mary Mouse so like uh, forcefully like tossed out of his, uh, per- you know, he's like, fuck this. Freeman's subpoenas is just more paperwork. Um, and like those names that he's looking at yeah. is intercut with yeah. Carcetti getting his palms greased by some of these same people at the fundraiser. So just like... If you haven't caught on by now, Carcetti is in the game. He's yeah. getting corrupted. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, wh- like, what is Ed Bowers? Who is this guy? I've tried to look him up. I'm like, is it some play like Ed Burns, Ed Bowers, or like... Um, yeah, I don't know. What about Maurice Weber? I got a crazy one. Oh, uh, yeah? Maurice Weber. It's an amalgamation of, or a composition of... Chris Weber and Maurice Taylor both Ooh. were teammates at Michigan, uh, and they both got caught up in some like bribe scandal while while they were playing there. I mean, now probably wouldn't be a big issue because they could actually profit off their likeness. But anyways, I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. Those names. I don't really know anything about the like Fab Five days, yeah. but I mean, Maurice Taylor not necessarily part of the Fab Five, but probably on the teams if I'm. Yeah, it's just a big grease pot that this uh, fundraiser is taking place in. And (laughs) I love it how Freeman communicates, or Clark Peters, fantastic actor. He takes like one look at the folder of Clay Davis and his eyes and his face like communicate to us like, oh yeah, fuck, like I know how shady this guy is. Like, I don't know, like, I I already know all about him. Just let me put him away for a second and let me get to, you know, these other guys. Ooh, intriguing. Yeah, Clay Davis is super shady and greasy. Everybody knows it. Carcetti knows it, and he's still getting in bed with him. Um, (laughs) It's true, though. You're fucking greasy. You're about to serve some yucky me. But yeah, so. Yucky me? 
Uh, Carcetti <laughs> is saying this is a new day in CID and oh, uh, yeah. uh 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 uh. uh, uh Daniels and Diet per- Pepsi. <laughs> da- <laughs> Daniels and Perlman are, you know, again getting too overconfident and optimistic about how much change Carcetti can really enact with his new policies and whatnot. How is Jay Landsman the only person that is catching yeah. on to this? <laughs> He's like, oh well, at least they make a cute couple. That's all I'm going to get out of this uh, this yeah. meeting. Yeah, that is intriguing because he's like the most, uh, <laughs> just like, yeah, I, I mean, my vocabulary is a little limited sometimes, but I mean, help me out. You know, he's just like not insufferable, but kind of, he just, he's like super condescending and just, and he's yeah. like always yeah. the one, he's never hesitant to play the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's ironic that out of everyone, like even old, like Crotchfield or Crutchfield ripping up important memos that should have got to bunk or who's mm-hmm. always just like ornery and like yeah oh, like i hate the bunk like hey everybody's like oh hell yeah and then yeah. like pay raise yeah everyone's like yeah woo. um i don't even know like i'm sure there's some real life cops in there and they're like yeah woo, and a new boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so let's uh yeah so they're getting way too overconfident about Carcetti's uh, effectiveness as the new head honcho or leader in town. Um, and it's pretty, you know, again, like indicative of uh, how far Carcetti is straying from his ideals. That Carcetti! <laughs> that when he's in the budget meeting, he's, uh, you know, they finally let him know, like, oh, yeah, there's a $54 million deficit in the schools. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like, we, I mean, we don't get, like, a definitive answer in this episode, like, what he's going to do about it. But it is, you know, intimated that later on he's going to negate that issue in favor of more police funding. Is that right? I mean, because they're Pretty underfunded much, right? in the next season, <laughs> the police are. Yeah. I don't, I mean, yeah. But he might, he... It, that's his priority, right? To get everyone like a raise and yeah. not underfunding them and just kind of like, okay, well, they said they asked, how did Royce not know or something? But it's pretty obvious, like he knew too, right? And everyone just keeps kicking it like down the road. Yeah. Basically. The, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the budget's Sweeping messed leaves up. on a windy day. Yeah. It's like, what are you, what are you going to do, man? Uh, well, it's the schools. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> The, Sad. <laughs> it's the crux of the you know pro Tony Gray argument right here is Tony. that he campaigned on this issue. Yeah, man. Um, Tony could help. So yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, it's a pretty dense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like this is an amazing episode. Just I mean, you know, on its own, but just the commentary of like these <laughs> the, the four actors. You know, they're just all they're like, oh yeah, like okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, man, this is wild political stuff going on here. <laughs> and like you said, Robert Chu just trying to like steer them like, oh, did you know this? You know, like Clark Peters wrote a musical. Yeah. You? And you're like, but how many, like, how, what's the time frame on these, like uh, the episodes, you know, like yeah. 10 days? No, no. Yeah. That's the filming of an episode. We're talking like the time frame between each episode. Is it, is it months or like could be uh could be years? I'm like what? <laughs> but then they're like, oh yeah, this is tight. I mean, there man, there's people watching us all the time. It's super nerve wracking. 
Uh, okay, so these, uh, you know, this great writing by David Simon. Great writing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like they could break it down obviously way better than I ever could, but yeah. Uh, and they were like what seventeen at that time, yeah, or like yeah. it wasn't that long after the show. Like, yeah, that. yeah. Was could that have been like one of the last times? Well, because on a great episode of the Rewired podcast or Rewired podcast. Julito's on it and he's talking about how the um, watch like party they did virtually during the like peak of the pandemic was the first time they had like spent time together in forever. So I'm like, man, is that commentary rare? Like, interaction before they all kind of went it their was, separate ways for their 20s and stuff it was great i loved it you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. their chemistry was like really oh, yeah. uh concrete i'd say man if they had if like twitch was a thing back in the day oh man imagine like why <laughs> rewatch twitch parties with those oh, guys man. they would have that would have been fun. They should get on Twitch regardless, man. Yeah. <laughs> next next pandemic. <laughs> oh, my God. Please. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we're getting invited next pandemic. <laughs> we'll, we'll have made it. Yeah. Hey, let's, uh, the gods will not save you. Who are these freaks always talking about like, simulation shit? <laughs> uh, have us on the Twitch, please. <laughs> please, sir. Can I Twitch some more? <laughs> Oh, I'm twitching in the minutia. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness uh, gracious. All right. Um, so, uh, there's I mean, more. Yeah. So, there's a lot more with less, like, Herc and all that, right? Yeah. Like, Rawls yeah. is, like, telling people, like, oh, the stats game is over. <sighs> the gods have spoken. <laughs> Sorry. This is, like, really complicated stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also complicated because it's hot and we're, like, I'm in, like, cracked out no sleep like trouble sleeping stuff yeah but <laughs> but yeah Rawls is saying like you know we're not gonna really pay close attention to the stats anymore other people are like kind of rebelling like we were raised on stats like what do you mean it's not a yeah. big issue and Valchek is like hi you're doing a lot of work for a job that's not even gonna be yours you're not a black Baltimorean there's no way you could be commissioner yeah <laughs> you're not a native are you Rawls <laughs> <laughs> I'm Al Brown <laughs> <laughs> But then, like, Burrell is, uh, he's still trying to, like, hang on to his last thread of relevancy by, like, uh, bombarding Carcetti with uh, this, like, 600-page binder of, like, what to do about Herc and, like, get go around sensitivity training or something. Like, there's some real, uh, real uh, chess moves, some yeah. real power moves going on here power moves <laughs> <laughs> Linwood. Ah, ah. um yeah but what like that's uh so rant like he's really playing the game i mean he was golfing while playing the game like what a boss move you know? i know right um beautiful golf course uh come on the park <laughs> frankie Faison, hell yeah well i, I was yeah you know, i was like making a dumb joke like oh yeah let's uh the golf course come on the pod that was stupid oh i see uh beautiful uh skyline come on the podcast guy. no uh but yeah we should meet him we should golf nine with him yeah while we're like interviewing him that'd, that'd be, be fun that'd be sick but yeah what is this whole like oh you know he worked narcotics for years and there's no virgins in narcotics like is this some sort of like uh you know a little subliminal messaging or 
Like if that's the right phrase for uh, I mean, you, hints at uh, you Daniels, know, Daniels is did, past. Yeah. Like his anointed one. Yeah. Daniels did something dirty that we kind of know what it is, but no one explicitly says like what he did. We're just all left to use our imagination that him and his wife did some embezzling or did some funny money stuff. I don't know. Ooh, dude, I got it. That In the commentary... Reggie Cathy exposed for playing Dirty D, of course, amidst from a lot Pootie of Tang. yeah from Pootie Tang with a lot of compliments about his voice and he's a great actor. Daniels, shady stuff in the Eastern, Dirty D Daniels. <laughs> oh my God, Dirty D. Oh, Pootie wow. Tang. <laughs> okay. JD Williams also is in Pootie Tang. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So Omar and Naldo are continuing doing their pretty monotonous surveillance of uh, Proposition Joe and Slim Charles. They find out about the co-op and how him and Marlo are all connected. And uh, they go into... um, Oh, yeah. Doesn't Omar basically just hands Naldo a roll of toilet paper at one point and tells him yeah. to go like shit in an alleyway or something. Hey, I, mean, I know what happened to a man having a code. Like, can you just like, <laughs> like I mean, you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do, but yeah. Like, don't you have the code, like the bathroom code to get into Starbucks? <laughs> yeah. Isn't there, public chi- restroom? isn't there a Chipotle in the neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> Starbucks. Gotta have, a man's got to have that code. Like when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my God, dude. Uh, see, he should have had some Fadleys, man. They would have like the crab cake could have like you know helped yeah. help, uh, but you know, or maybe it would have but just constipated him, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, caught. Yeah, sorry. But um, uh, I'm gluten free. I'm, I'm eating clean. <laughs> but yeah, so Omar, Omar and Naldo going to a uh, proposition Joe's uh little electronics repair shop it's the first time we've seen uh his nephew cheese in a really long while it's good to see him again <laughs> good to see you cheese come on the podcast oh yeah <laughs> cheese says something in this uh, i think i told you the story i probably shouldn't tell it but whatever about how once i reposted that statement that he says about midgets who has, yes. yeah uh not, not his the words, moral his words not yeah mine. not the moral kind yeah um, but I, I didn't, like, necessarily quote it. It was, like, really lazy, you know, early, well, early, but, like, senior year of college. Like, you're just partying, you know? You're having a good time. Or I sent this to, like, someone reposted it on Facebook. And it, it was a text I sent someone as a joke, and they had never seen the show. So they just thought oh. that it was me, like, saying it. And so I, they tried to cancel you. No, like, this oh. person did a birthday shout-out of the screenshot of our conversation like this guy's so crazy like happy birthday like look at the funny thing he said and like i was like what the like (laughs) no this is a quote from the wire (laughs) like but apparently canceling like i mean if anyone ever found that yeah Yeah. dude i'm done man (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i I mean i'm i'm gonna it's inevitable it's coming but (laughs) no come on rescue me so Um, Omar speaking Spanish, which is funny, but you have, you know, you were talking about nephew of uh, Prop Joe. Great yeah. to see 
cheese, even though not really because he's like greasy. Yeah. But you have two big questions here. They're they're literally all cat. <laughs> really big gun for Omar. <laughs> it's huge. It's like out of proportion with the rest of his body. It's yeah. like comically big. It's like it's, cartoonish. Well, even like yeah, Maestro <clears throat> and all those guys. They were like. What is like a 50 cal? And then someone was like, uh, no, that's like a desert eagle. And then Prop Joe was telling the story about how he just channeled his experience where a gun was shoved in his face on the streets of Baltimore yeah. for his like shoes. And they're like, oh, yeah, Jordan. He's like, no, Barclays. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, exchange. Prop Joe's been banging ever since he got robbed for his Barclays. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get killed. Okay. Yeah. That was a terrible, like, the game You're right. reference. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Eight or eleven. <laughs> but so and then also Omar threatens proposition yeah. Joe to tell he's like, I will tell Marlo that you told me to rob his poker game. But am I wrong in thinking that Marlo already knew that Proposition Joe told Omar? Like wasn't that part of like the whole like elaborate scheme to like somehow get him to join the co op? Or am I way off base? Uh, whoa. All right. Let's, uh, get succinct here. Use the monitor. No, uh, I honestly don't know anymore. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think that we, yeah, we both assumed at one point, like Marlo pretty much knows. And that's why he's insinuating this and that about like prop Joe. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just thinking like, Oh, it's like handing Marlo affidavits or like using the freedom of information act to obtain all these details is kind of like whining and dining him like in his own, Uh, like, like bizarre, like psychopathic way. Like, all right, just like, don't kill me yet. I'll keep feeding you all this like information. Yeah. That's how I feel like in our podcasting relationship, like I'll just keep sending you little (laughs) clippings from the Baltimore sun and and Willie's not going to get that like maniacal face, which is really just him being mired in in the minutia and confused by his million. But it was, I'm telling you everyone, I was, I was, I was scared. (laughs) I'm like, what did I do? All right, there's more. I'll use the freedom of information act. I swear, dude, I got more, man. Butch Stanford, turtle whales. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so proposition joe is just like giving marlo these little morsels like i'll eventually let you uh throw molotov cocktails into my great nephew's house yeah oh shit yeah because <laughs> yeah, isn't that because cheese is his nephew and then randy is cheese's yeah. son yeah dude i never even thought about that brilliant stuff i didn't even think about that till just now damn <laughs> that's next level stuff but yeah i mean Great acting by Robert Chu, of course. Um, yeah. Phenomenal scene. Michael and, K. Williams, yeah. Method Man. Oh, man. Great, like, classic stuff. And Juan Glover just, yeah. like, kicking some guy for not <laughs> for, yeah, for being a terrible bouncer. Yeah, like, that was bouncer. like... It's like, dude, come on. He's already been, like, knocked out. Yeah, but to be fair, that seemed like a pretty... Like, yeah. Omar and uh, Naldo seemed like they were just like, well care of that we gave this guy a siesta yeah, <laughs> like, it's like they're walking away and in the background you could see <laughs> slim charlo charles oh. like admonishing this guy for falling asleep on 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, not literally falling asleep. He got knocked out, but yeah, there's no like alley or corner there. They, they just had to like <laughs> it's broad daylight. Yeah, it's broad daylight. These, street. these two guys are like open carrying in Baltimore <laughs> with like full body armor. I know. And there's no way to sneak up on the guy. They just were like, yeah. yeah. And then what I do, one of my favorite moments of the commentary though is when <laughs> I'm like listening to them and they're making fun of how uh naldo and omar are just looking through the storefront's glass back at the scene <laughs> and they're like uh couldn't they just see them right there i mean it's like hello you're just right right in front of them i mean it's pretty obvious that you know cheese would see them I and i'm like dude i think you like brought... a 17 year old <laughs> <laughs> you think like one of the boys of summer dude. yeah like i'm i'm just like how come like lester's so close to that payphone man yeah uh, you know, D'Angelo knows he's right there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. Was it Tristan Wilde who was like, oh, yeah, my dad owned a barber shop in Staten Island yeah. where the Wu-Tang would come That's in. That's crazy. And that I, I neat, bet you. Neat that, little nugget. Yeah, that was. <laughs> sorry. Neat little nugget. Uh, and I, I bet you that when Maestro was saying, or like someone was saying that it's the lost, like lost borough or they're making fun of Staten Island. <laughs> it must have hurt. And then Robert Chu's like, I, I lived there for a long time. <laughs> it's really, it's really nice. He was very sage-like. You I could know. tell to those kids. What a treat, man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Oh, my God. Do okay. we want to talk yeah, about uh, Marlo? Yeah, let's talk about how elated Chris <laughs> seems. Oh, <laughs> Just after he's yeah. like, yeah, man, I, I killed a pedophile like yeah. a week or a year ago. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I, <laughs> <laughs> was it months? Was it years? Yeah. No. Like, how do they not know, like, in the scripts, like, Michael's like, dude, my I just had my stepdad murdered brutally. Yeah. And, like, they're like, well, how long ago was that? I mean, But I think all the actors, like, is such a, like, big cast and yeah. the storylines are so dense that, I mean, Al Brown didn't even know Dominic West was British until, yeah. <laughs> like, the last year they were filming or something. Um, Anyways, but... Yeah, Chris is rocking. He's, you know, riding the high of torturing and killing a pedophile. Uh, and he's listening to Lean With It, Rock With It in their... Uh, Shout out them franchise boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, at the, uh, you know, the meeting, the concrete park or whatever. Yeah. And this is when Marlo lets Chris... So a bunch of middle schoolers yeah. knew that Randy was a snitch before Chris was told by his boss yeah. that Michael stood tall with a snitching boy. Like, yeah, Pre square-ass Prez knows. <laughs> it's like, hey, Chris is a bohemian, man. He's just like reading all day, like making pots of coffee, just laying low. Like he's not, you know, worried about other people's business. Come on, yeah, man. there you go. Yeah. I mean, he's just barely figuring out what a radio is. <laughs> he's like, ooh. <laughs> he's like, what is this? Hip hop? Yeah. No, I mean, they listen to rap in their, in their den excursion? Denali. Denali. Uh, James E. Denali. Uh, but it's like it's, it's pretty crazy is yeah. this like one of the only times we see chris smile yeah. and like express genuine joy right before he's shot right back down that like the kid that he was grooming is yeah standing tall with a snitch i thought like i mean does he find any type of like positive uh you know like anything good about that because you know it's like oh at least he's really loyal if we could just like fully get him on our side like he will like yeah. kill for us no matter what we do. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to walk him into a vacant. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chris. Aside from that, like loves going on walks. You know, it's just like a simple guy <laughs> who loves strolling the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just find this little like scene hilarious in a lot of ways. Aside from like the great content, we just like you know pulled out of thin air. I mean, geez. <laughs> uh, but a long time ago, before this was even really a concrete idea, even. You know, if you could say it is at present, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I just remember uh, sending you a screenshot of a, a note I found in this little like diary or book I used to take notes in a long, long time ago. This is like a decade ago. I, I just wrote, uh, Chris, like, uh, lean with it, rock with it, and a timestamp in the episode. <laughs> and I'm just like, why did I have a note of this? I think because it's always stuck in my mind, like, how bizarre. <laughs> you know, Chris is like, and yeah. how elated he is to to listen to this song, which was the hottest one at time of filming, nice. according to the boys, yeah. of Summer and you know, young men who did the commentary. Um, but yeah, pretty wild stuff. Benga Akanabe is apparently in the new season of the Wu Tang Clan show. Oh no, nice. gotta watch it. Jamie Hector was great in it last season. Um, so yeah, let's uh, finish things off finally with talking about uh, how Sherrod is trying to re-ingratiate himself to Bubbles' charms and become an employee of Bubbles' depot again. Yeah. I had a question. Uh, how can they grill indoors? And will it <laughs> emphasize charcoal and lighter fluid and stuff? All caps. <laughs> I know. I mean... I don't know. Do you think they're wood uh, wood grilling those pimp steaks, as Bubble says? <laughs> yeah, those because hot dogs. there's no like, hey Willie, I brought the grill here in my bag. You just want to start like throwing down some <laughs> some little pimp steaks in your room here? <laughs> no ventilation. Yeah, that would be <laughs> yeah. terrible. <laughs> I know. I I don't think that Bubbles has a Merv uh, filter <laughs> like top of the line HVAC system he's designed from the aluminum that he's like pulling off the city. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, man. I mean. You know, Bubbles. I, I sometimes forget that Bubbles does have a son somewhere in the world, right? Oh, yeah. So this is like his... Uh, we're always like, why did... Like, I don't understand. How did they meet? Like, tell me, Willie, how did these two get together? I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm like, well, obviously, he's an absent father. He's barely surviving himself. So this is like, you know, I, like a small, you know, bit of like redemption. Or, yeah. Yeah. Something, but... It's all, it's all gonna get much worse. Yeah, it's gonna get so much fucking worse. Yeah, for uh, sure. And and they were talking about it like how you know, uh, you know, Halito, um, if if someone's gonna like take a turn for the worse, they're gonna lead you in one direction, making it seem <laughs> like things might get a little better until uh, you know, your heart's uh, broken. <laughs> For every like one positive thing, there's yeah. like seventeen other catastrophic events that get you down in the dumps, really. Damn, dude. Yeah, so what what about bubbles uh 
clearing the streets is this some kind of like uh parallel to the public works and like how bubbles is his own independent man like not relying on like the government to clear off aluminum he's gonna take it he's gonna grind yeah you know no days off yeah he's <laughs> you you he's it's all about cup. perspective and gratitude man you yeah. gotta wake up and you gotta think about who you love most and imagine that they got like like stabbed yeah. and, and slaughtered right in front of you and then trick yourself into thinking that you know so you feel that pain and you just want to work harder and pull more down light poles off the street yeah. 30 cents a pound before he gets merciless mercilessly beaten up again by the terminator junkie yeah this guy i mean he not only beats both of them down he remembers sherrod's face from like the first time that bubbles got beaten um and how like he was short four dollars you know, now he knows that Sherrod's not protected by anybody. <laughs> so he's just going to town. But, okay, so there's a conversation in the commentary where they're like, damn, like he beat up both of them? I thought they were going to, you know, I thought they were going to turn the tables. Did did you ever feel that way? Because I might have, you know, I, like, I've exposed that, you know, I'm thinking a lot like these, like, uh, 17, 18-year-old yeah. guys. <laughs> I, did, I don't, you know, Andre Royo in real life probably can handle himself very well like yeah, very freaking very physically capable but the way he portrays bubs's character i don't ever yeah. see him winning in a fight even if like yeah the manpower is on his side or like numbers like yeah he's like such a nice guy yeah. and so he's getting worked over whether it be junkies on the street oh is this junkie like terminator crackhead just like a like physical like uh, embodiment of the exploitation that the police are uh, putting them through <laughs> or kind of uh, subjecting them to yeah like give me that like we're just skimming money off of you every time man you touch the streets it's a metaphor <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean sherrod i thought like man you know he's like beat up naaman but it is naaman like this <laughs> i mean you know I'm not going to lie. I do feel bad now, like talking trash on like, oh, he's soft after uh, like learning more about like Alito McCollum and stuff. And what about learning about more about Naaman and like yeah. the fractured uh, yeah. home life? I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Delonda just like, yeah, she's like horrible dragon lady, but yeah. no, I mean, it's just like, I thought maybe Sherrod could defend him in bubbles, but he's still a kid, you know? Yeah. And this guy's like, uh, like they were making like comments to guys, you know, man, this guy's like, he's on something, man. This crackhead is like, he, yeah, he's Terminator, baby. He's, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I get you. Uh, what else about <laughs> these guys, man? It's like, uh, I mean, at one point, McNulty reconnects with Bodie and, Let's them know, like, yeah, I think it's pretty fucking stupid what they're doing now, too. Like, yeah. that's something we can see eye to eye on. A first encounter, well, like... In years. Yeah, in years, and what will build, like, such a subtle moment, you know, building to, like, a very... Yeah, when uh, Bodhi gets killed by O-Dog. Yeah, not my... I can't believe people... <laughs> oh, shit. I can't believe in the commentary they're like, wait, uh, I mean, I can now based on like how crazy the creation of the show is and the production must have been. Yeah. But they're like, wait, so Michael that, killed yeah, Bodie. Yeah. The, 
no, stop telling. Like, I'm not like I didn't kill Bodie. You know, <laughs> stop telling people that. Yeah, they're just like it. Just looks like him. I'm like, wait, does that nah. like? Because we just started talking about who. who uh, oh, dog. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, like he's gonna be in. Uh, we on, we the, on city. the city. Like he has a two part last name. Yeah, he uh, was in uh, Fear Street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like creeping. Okay, who's gonna get it first? <laughs> it's uh Daryl Brett. There we go. Daryl Britt Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daryl Britt Gibson did it. Yeah. Top dog. So get mad at him. Yeah. Cause not... I'm, well, don't get mad at him because if you read All the Pieces Matter, you'll understand that he was uh, really depressed and sad at the yeah. fact that he was the one who had to kill Bodie. Yeah. Crazy, man. So yeah, McNulty and Bodie form an uneasy alliance. Uh, that wasn't the last thing that happened in this episode. We kind of went in a roundabout <laughs> way, but uh, yeah, I think we had a pretty good discussion. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up? Not really, no. Um, I mean, at this point, no. I think we did our best. Yeah, it's a really dense and complex episode. I mean, just another the gods, another one. Yeah, the gods spoke. And so, I mean, you know, I hope you enjoyed what we had to say. Um, Yeah, so check us out on social media. I mean, we're having some fun. We're posting uh, some pertinent uh, things here, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Maybe a little too much. Uh, Sorry, maybe we'll we'll scale it back. Willie's banned himself again. He's in rehab. (laughs) He's in social media rehab again. But hey, check us out uh, at The Gods Will Not Save You. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, if you want to reach out reach out to us via email, thegodswillnotsaveyou at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, we love all of it. And let's keep the conversation going. Yeah, and uh, thanks to uh, Andre for the emblem design. Great stuff. Uh, and also thank you to Mostart who did our intro and outro music and did all the bumpers. They're really great things. Uh, check out his extensive catalog at mostart.com. Shane Co. Burlingame. <laughs> San Mateo. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, thanks, Willie. It was fun talking with you about all this uh, stuff. And I'll see you another day. <laughs> yeah. On a new, new day. Thank yeah. you, everybody. <laughs> new, new.